Recording, recording. Ah, oh, good. That's just crazy to me. Bananas. That's crazy to me, Mrs. Ryan. It is bananas. How are you with that opening? With that great, news in general. Great with that news and with that the, opening. How about just looking over there? I can't. I can't. It makes me so like, <laughs> Oops, Ajadud. <laughs> oh, no. Here, you stay there. I'm going to move some cameras real quick. Just, that's how professional we are. Oh, jeez. So embarrassed. That's all right. There you go. Oh, jeez. All right. Hello there. Hello. Let's see. Today is Wednesday, June 20th, 2018. I am here with Mrs. Ryan. Carol Liefer is in our house. She will be out here in just a few <laughs> moments. Let's deal with whatever we have to deal with so that we can make that happen. Great. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? That goes quickly. Cool. I think um, we have a couple of things, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? We finally did the weekend video, and that's pretty quick. So want to just roll that? Yes, please. All right. Let's see if <laughs> Carol gets this joke. Roll it, Hal. <laughs> Chasing, did you see? I didn't see. How long do you think they'll last? Uh, this one, I'm right Ending, just like the weekend. Ah, perfect. <laughs> so much fun, though, just like the weekend. It was. That Dukes of Hazard car is so polarizing. It gets me every time because, the you know, my nostalgic youth has such a fondness for it because I was so into the show that I realized that those those guys were not racist. They were all about, like, helping and, you know, you know the underprivileged and the underdog. Uh, but meanwhile, goddamn flag is on the roof, and <laughs> it's so hard to love still, you know? I loved watching it by itself in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for not uh, prejudging it. 
No, um, a, a bunch of my friends reached out, actually, I think on Facebook and were, had similar views to you. So that was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. I appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, get ready for the news. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> What's going on? This has been added. Um, okay. Okay. Um, there go those drug companies inventing new diseases again. Okay. Thanks, what do we got? Forbes. Well, here it's kind of what I say, except I never articulate it succinctly. It's just like there's a bunch of weird shit that humans deal with as they get older. And no one knows how to call them what they are. And it just it, you can take advantage of it. Like drug companies are like, yeah, you need this. And it's like you need this pill to combat that pill to come whatever. Yeah. I just there's like- a lot going on. And, you know, people don't know who to listen to. There's, everyone's telling them they should listen to me, listen to me. And. You know, I think people just aren't sure what to do right now. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I can more, more than more than in a while. <laughs> it feels anyway. I totally agree, and that's why I wanted to make this a point to tell people: like, if you're feeling shitty, just sit with it for a minute and understand yourself what it is before you go to a doctor or a specialist and start telling them stuff because. It falls, especially now that everything is like a check marks in a box and a whatever, diagnostically, you could accidentally fall into the wrong thing. And there's a lot of confusion out there. That's pretty interesting. I, 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 I understand. Um, I love that you chose that one. It's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap it up. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. look at it. Spend some time up here. That's the only thing I can say. You really are the only one with the answers. And once you realize that. Mm-hmm. You will be fine, and that goes for everyone. Everyone is you, in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> what do you got next? The next one is Anthony Bourdain and the silent epidemic of male suicide. Oh. Which, here's the deal. It's sad, and it totally bums me out, except that it's not just a male thing. I'm glad they're bringing attention to it, but, like, back in 09, there was a whole article in People magazine about, like, youth suicides well the day before it was kate spade too i mean so i feel like that almost evens it out as far as celebrity suicides that week that week it was even yeah i agree why are they putting a male spin on it i mean is it is something different about uh you know i think that it's a cultural thing and they're like "Uh uh-oh dudes are offing themselves publicly and it's becoming something that everyone's looking oh oh all the guilty men all the guilty consciences yeah there's a lot of guilty that's i mean I don't know if Anthony Bourdain had that situation going on. I don't know if you know, we can draw he was that really, line, but really outspoken against it. But it's very understandable that you would draw that someone might draw that line. I mean, there's a lot. That's, that's a shit ton going on out there, man. It's a very tumultuous time. We're going through some sort of changeover for sure. It's tumultuous, and people that haven't experienced things for themselves tend to project on other people. So if it's mm. a dude that something happens to, they're like, oh, what's wrong with men? And it's like, no, no, this has been happening. Yeah. There's a lot of regurgitation, too, don't you think? A yeah. lot of people, like a lot of this stuff just just gets perpetuated when no one actually knows what the hell they're talking about. It's going to stop being perpetuated when we acknowledge what shit actually is. Mm. So that's my thing. I love it. Cool. Uh, please go on. Um, There's a story I didn't put in here, but it may uh, uh, connect with yours. Ooh. Well, scientists use caffeine to control genes and treat diabetic mice with coffee. (laughs) Seriously? Yeah. That sounds very interesting. I'd like to follow that story as it unfolds. Uh, Me also. It's out of Switzerland. 
And it's fascinating. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll check back in on that one. I'll follow up. Um, similarly speaking, <laughs> some rivers are so drug polluted. Drug polluted? Drug polluted that eels are high on cocaine. Whoa. Okay. All right. This is interesting. I read a story about a month ago, maybe, about the um, – what's the uh, the bay up in San Francisco where they have the aquarium? Uh, I have no idea. Well, up there. Um, that that be- Morrow Bay, maybe? Anyway, that bay um, is – No memory. <laughs> is, is toxic with opiates because of the runoff, because of people who have taken – we, we as people collectively have been taking enough opiates and peeing into enough toilets and runoff that it goes into the – and then now the fish are testing positive for opiates. That's insane. This The headline was cocaine, <laughs> but then it went into like antidepressants and other shit they're yeah. finding in the ocean. We don't get to make stuff yeah. and have it never go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. The, 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 nobody really thinks about the end game. As long as they're not here, it's not really a problem. Well, that was my thing with the Hawaii sunscreen thing. It's mm. like I, I'm stoked that you're not burning because you're choosing to be outside during the hottest, most like sun direct time of ever. But like, just maybe choose your hours differently and don't lather yourself with sunscreen every three seconds. Like it's going into the ocean, coral reefs and shit. The irony is that when we stopped using sunscreen and all that stuff is when we stopped burning and started tanning, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of chemical stuff there. Yeah. Anything else? I have one last one. All right. Um, A man asked his girlfriend to live tweet text or to text him updates. For the World World Cup. Cup. She like live tweeted it. But it was all sorts of stuff like so-and-so fell down. I think I, really- he looks like his knee hurts. Oh, I bet that's uncomfortable. Like stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> the headline was like he may have got more than he bargained for. And like, <laughs> all I could think of was like every time you're like right down the grocery list. Like I make notes and you're like, what do you want? <laughs> I love that. Um, hilarious. All right. Well, real quick then I'll just add to it. Star Wars story films all on hold. All of them. Now, this doesn't affect me, but we had a conversation the other day (laughs) about how I just don't get Star Wars. I have nothing against it. I love my friends who do. Look at the stuff I'm into. So it's not about, like, I don't want to be a nerd. Um, I just – it never – dawned on me so this is not news that affects me but i bet a lot of people are really really upset i've got why is it on hold well apparently because of the uh, the the opening weekend of solo oh did was it not? was so low <laughs> it, was, it was written on the fly folks. oh <laughs> wow I didn't want carol to think i was stockpiling that one waiting to use it in front of her um <laughs> uh how about couple discovers that hospital gave them the wrong baby I did read that headline. It's, it's bullshit. For years. Hang on, but it's bullshit too. They were still in the hospital, and they didn't figure out crap. The hospital came in and said, "Oh, sorry, we made a mistake." They were still in the hospital. Really? Yeah, it's one of those. Of course, it is definitely a mistake. But I bet this happens a million times a day. It happens. Just... There's been. I've read. Here's the deal. I've read People magazine since I was way too young to be reading it, <laughs> and there's been those stories forever yeah. about like the kids that are like five that are like, "I don't look like my family." Like, yeah. That's then what People they... magazine used to cover. Yeah. No kidding. Deep hitting news. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of uh, stuff that we make and it has to go somewhere, China. I would like to talk about China for a second. We don't get political at all. However, this is just a side effect of what's been going on. China's plastic uh, uh, ban will leave one, and this is why I brought it up, 111 million tons of our garbage without a home. Our garbage without a home. That's right. Since 1988, we've been sending our garbage to China. 
you, and we're like, oh, I wonder why they don't yeah, like Yeah, so us. now they have a, you know, they're doing bans on what they'll import. There's plastic import taxes and everything else because of all this other stuff. So now we're going to have to find some other place to put our trash. How about that? All right. Well, happy 111, but that's <laughs> insanity. That they're, what the hell? What have we been doing? <laughs> like, that's mind-blowing to me. I don't know. Um, I would say an equally large problem, although on certainly on the other side of the scale. Um, and I don't know if it's a problem, but it's something that I consider a problem. Discovery Channel has a This Is AI special starting tomorrow. I believe it's a miniseries starting tomorrow, June 21st, 9 p.m. on Discovery. This it is sounds AI. like how they do Shark Week. Um, it could be. I don't know. I'm kind of interested. Yeah, totally. I'm curious where they go with it. That's, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'll, we'll have to tune in. All right, well, that's the news. That's dun, been What's dun, Going dun, On. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you are the best. All right, uh, All right, let's take a quick little break. And when we come back, come Carol on. Liefer will be here. And Carol Liefer is here. Hello. 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 Well, Hello. you knew that I had to 
do a podcast where you are so kind to have devoted an entire <laughs> podcast to me. Well, that was amazing. It blew my mind. Really? Absolutely. It doesn't happen <laughs> ever. It should it happen all me. the time. Agreed. FYI. Thank you. But, and uh, I said, thanks. I have to do meet the Ryans and do the show. <laughs> Well, it means the world, and really, sincerely, thank you. My pleasure. And I had to clear up some, because it was interesting to watch, because there were some uh, not correct facts. Ah. Oh. Will you clear them up? Yes, I'm happy to. Okay, I figured. It'd be funny if you just perpetuated them from here, (laughs) and we just change your whole story. No, that's like my big, I hate perpetuating bad facts, so I'm so happy that you're here to clarify. You used to be a publicist in this this whole thing. It was a nightmare trying to correct facts and keep stories straight, so I'm so happy to be corrected. Yeah, 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 because the thing I remember is that I think you thought, Jay, that David Letterman saw me at the comedy store. I I put that together and that's incorrect, yeah, obviously, yeah, but based on I, you, based on this I line. I started in New York. New York. Oh no, at kidding. The New York comedy clubs. Okay. Comic strip live. Com- were you at comic you strip? There? Yeah, when it was just known as the comic strip. Oh yeah. Yes, I. Went. I used to watch comic strip live, the oh, yeah. show. My oh, right. You did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I went to school in Binghamton, New York. Yeah, I know. I, I how the hell did you end up there? <laughs> SUNY, well, right? SUNY, yeah. My father was like, you can go to any school you want as long as it's a state school. <laughs> so uh, my sister had gone there, and I, so I had visited her and liked it. So I was in a theater group with Paul Reiser, who told me about these comedy clubs that were actually springing up then. We're going back to 1977. And he said... Um, Anybody can get on and do five minutes, and that's how you, that's audition night. And I always liked that about stand-up, and it's what I still love about stand-up. I always wanted to perform, but to be an actor, it's such a circuitous route, and an agent, like, you know, you're a college uh, junior, and the next thing you know, that night, you're a comedian, and you just go up. And that's, so that's where I started. And the MC the night that I went to the comic strip with Paul Reiser, that we passed the audition, the MC was Jerry Seinfeld. And when I went on at another club called Catch Rising Star, Larry David was the MC. So I go back to my first day of show business with those guys. And the other- That's incredible. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, does everyone know that? I mean, that's a fantastic Hollywood story. I I tell people all the time. It's in your book, (laughs) I think, but it's like part of such a big, awesome story, which is your life. Are you talking about this book? I am talking about that book. Yes, because um, you guys talk about show business so much. And, you know, my book is so full of anybody who's aspiring to be uh, performing. And I know your audience is a lot of people like that. It's all contained in here. Every answer to every burning question. Totally. Now, I love the... Broadway show that that title is, I'm assuming, based on. Yes. Did you love the show as well? Is there any tie-in at all? Even the artwork is similar in the in same the same time really frame. Trying. You know what? I liked the show. Um, it's so funny that I just was at the Gelson's on Van Nuys and Robert Morris was Come there. Come on. I swear to God. Mad Men uh, from Mad Men. The old guy from Mad Men. Oh. Yeah. But he was the star of How to Succeed. Cool. He was a show. young boy, yeah. And of course, I went over to him because I'll go over to anybody. And <laughs> I said, I'm a hugest fan, and a blah, blah, blah. And it was interesting because you never know with famous people how they're going to be or what they're going to ask. And he was like, 
I was like, I'm such a huge fan for so long. He's like, where do you know me from? So, you know, ah, you good get question. caught. If you, and I said, how to succeed? Come on. And he was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And Versus Mad Men. I've loved you for years on Mad I Men. Said, I said Mad Men too, but once I said how to succeed, he was like, oh, okay. Just to hear that voice. Of the actual fandom of like, I actually know you. I'm not just a fly yes, by night. Right, right. Well, the movie's old too. Voice. I mean, it's not uh, recent, right? It was at least early 60s probably. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Time. All right, I was just curious because yeah. I asked her the same thing and she wasn't sure. It was, said it wasn't covered in the book. Right. So, love well, it. The, uh, well, the reason I wrote it is because, you know, I have been around for so long and still working and still doing my thing. Yeah. And I feel like I know a lot of stuff that I want to let people know to so they can have a long career, too, if you're not maybe a household name, but working and always doing. Your, your book, to back that up and agree, like – it reminds me of a different version, and I'll say female, but it's not gender specific. It's just like life in a world, similar to Bernie. How Bernie Brillstein talked to people when he wrote his book. Loved Bernie Brillstein's book. That's yeah. another book that you should get after after yeah. you purchase. The book. <laughs> I also want to Agreed. say that I'm not normally this dressed up, but I came from a speaking engagement Where was that, that I had. It was it a private home for the Jewish Federation? And they have a series of speakers, and I like to, do, you know, I do stand-up, but I love doing speaking engagements because it's a little more relaxed and not as kapow, joke, you know, a little more conversational. So you're so really I, boring and maudlin during those. Yes, it's very, <laughs> da- it's a big downer. So please book me for your next speaking engagement. We'll have to get you after that engagement every time. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. So we keep the tone the same. Right. <laughs> it means a lot, and I think that you would maybe be able to add to the show that I want to do, which is Shabbat Shalom, which is my maiden name. And I worked out in this business. Wait, what's your maiden name? Shabbat. You're kidding me. C-H-A-B-O-T. Yeah. Like French Canadian. Interesting. So it should be Shabot or Chabot. Oh, okay. The family decided Shabbat. They said Shabbat? My family says Shabbat. My uncle's wife says Shabot. There's a big divide over it in my family. And (laughs) I just said see you later. I picked a new name. When you say it like that, well, now you say Ryan. Yeah. But when you used to say it, do people go, oh, like Shabbat Shalom? Agents' assistants would literally call me on Fridays to say Shabbat Shalom or Happy Shabbat, wow. whatever. And it was their way in. You know, This business is crazy. It is what it is. I think it's really right, different. And right. you talk a lot about that in your book, though, in a very yes. beautiful way. Because beautiful, awesome things come right. out of people being awkward and weird. Yeah. Thank God I am a walking example of that, thankfully. There. You see, when I watch your show, and I do enjoy your show. I do. I thought you were on like your. I was thinking, why is Jay like He's so preoccupied. He's so rude. Yeah. I didn't realize he's doing camera angles. Yeah. He's switching while we're talking. The secret is I'm Hal, too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to tell anybody. Roll it, Hal. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you where you got that great Life magazine. Woody Allen cover. That's pretty great. Thanks. Uh, that was in Matthew Perry's office, his character's office, on the Aaron Sorkin show, Studio 60 on really? the Sunset Strip. Yeah. So how did you get it? Um, I I loved it. I loved it. So I found it. Amazing. And you had a blown This up. is my thing. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. I see it is. Not sure if you've met my nerd husband. Um, yeah, I'm it goes It goes pretty far That's back. That's all right. But have people talked about this? What... What's your, like, what do the Ryans do when you're not doing this? Well, it's almost, we kind of almost have to back up. 
to find out like what what the Ryans used to do. Um, okay. I was a producer. She was a publicist. Right. Nicole got diagnosed with MS. Um, that didn't really seem to mean much to us at the time. A couple years went by. Started to notice things here and there. Um, I got sick at about the same time. Luckily, I'm fine, but we weren't sure for a uh -huh. while there. We thought it might actually like go really, really bad. Okay, what were you sick with? Um, I'll tell you off the air because right. we're, they still really never got a final, okay. a true answer. So I don't want to say something that's not true. Okay. Um, there was a whole lot of rigmarole that made me lose faith in the medical system, and I haven't been back since. I've gone holistic, and I've gone into meditation and a, and a million other things that uh, I have found work for me Great. We very well. They, they've balanced me yeah. as a person in uh -huh. life. Um, that I just wish I had all that a long time sooner, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, so with all of that... Yeah, I would never know that you are dealing with really? MS. I would never in a million years know that. That's a, a weird compliment. Thank you. Um, I'll take that. It, it. I watch myself in these videos when I'm walking around, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't look right. But then I'm like, it actually looks normal. And then I'm like... No wonder I'm so mad because, like, I know the struggle of every step that I'm like, okay, make your right foot go here. Make your left foot go here. Wow. And so I see that no one else gives a shit because uh -huh. why would they? Um, so that's my own thing. I, even but if they thanks didn't. for noticing. Yeah, yeah. No, I really – it was a surprise to me. But, you know, then you carry it with a lot of grace. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I knew you. I looked this up because I wasn't sure. I'm like, when would I have worked with you? I know it was some point, and it was in 05 when Rock hosted the Oscars. Didn't you write with him yes. for that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so, so you were there. I was, I was around. I was that publicist that no one wants publicists around. I understand that now. Because most of us are like, the point of our job, the point of our existence is to stick our nose in things and find out things and like be the nosy neighbor next right, door and I love right. Lucy or whatever. What's that show? Is it Ethel? I love? Yeah. Um, just, no, there's another Gladys show. Gladys Kravitz. Yes. Thank Bewitched. you. Whoa, that's yes. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly that what I'm That's my Dukes of Hazard. Really? <laughs> no kidding. And also right around the corner. The house still stands. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. It's that right, was uh, real it's still there. The, it's not a real house. It's on the oh. on the uh, the Warner Ranch oh, lot. Oh, on the lot. Okay. Yeah. It still stands though. It's yeah, neat. it's pretty neat. But in '05, I had a shit ton more energy, and I was around a lot when people wanted me around. And right. Chris is one of those really lovely humans that like. He likes having people around that are not the same. Mm -hmm. So I was a weirdo that was like from upstate New York, which is why I was at college because oh, yes, that's a crazy to, to come out here. It's yeah. From Rochester. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm from outside. Right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a dreary joint. Anyway, so <laughs> it, but carrying that weirdness of dreariness, I think, made me unique in a way that was tolerable. And so he was awesome and had me around. So he invited me to watch the show and I they years later when I switched companies they used it as like my headshot and oh, I was really? like why would you do that I'm I, I look like a sausage I'm stuffed into a client's like size two dress I was not Didn't a size that become two. your picture for everything like yes. Nikki think when you on deadline when you oh, switch companies and all that <laughs> it's stuff horrible that's <laughs> so funny horrible so funny what they hold on to yeah anyway you really have to always manage that what picture they're using and all that kind of stuff I, yes, at the time, I, it really upset me. And now I'm like, I don't 
my hair's breaking off. I don't care. I wear headphones <laughs> because my hair's breaking. Like, I don't care. Um, but that's when I would have seen you. And I don't remember if I was around the writer's room or stuff. I, I know I would have been there. a lot of writers that year. I you do remember t- that. There's a ton of people. How many, like, approximately? I would say probably 12 writers. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, he, he was always really, there's a lot of names that, like, I knew that I didn't know. And there was other ones that he was like, you've got to know who this person is. And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> but he was really big on, like, the, diversity the, in yeah. the group. But even at Everybody cool. Hates Chris, he was. The, yeah. the writer's room was always, yeah, men, women, black, white. I mean, yeah. he's, yeah, he he's an all shapes and colors type of person. Way, yeah, because yeah. now it's used to be all white guys. And the occasional me there. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you about that. The Seinfeld writing room. Can we jump around? Oh, sure. we, we didn't finish this. Who we are. Uh, yeah. Let's finish that real quick. Right. Um, life looked different. We couldn't do the things we used to uh, do. And it, once everything kind of settled, working from home seemed to be the best idea. Um, and a change of what we were doing seemed to be a good idea. Um, well, during that period of illness and soul searching and figuring things out, right. um, I went back to what I was doing as a kid. And that's where this whole outlook currently is childlike and uh, whimsical. And this is ridiculous what we're doing right now. I'm aware of it. I love that about <laughs> it. That's my favorite part about it. Um, there's an episode of Seinfeld with the Merv Griffin set in the house. Yes. Obviously, this is that. Uh-huh. I mean, this is that. I There's know, no way you around find it. Your desk like this. This is actually Dave's this desk and chairs. This is the real one. This is, this is the real stuff. You're the first from person the who might have actually... No, uh, Sarah, I'm so excited for you right, to well, see well, it. There's a picture of it behind you when it was in the theater. Oh, my God, but how did that happen? Got it. Oh, my God. That's, that's why all this stuff is so how it is crazy. and beat up and whatever. Wow. So it's like uh, Drew Barrymore and the whole thing. This yeah, is yeah. Bill Murray spray-painted Dave on the front on the opening night. All right, how did you get this desk? That'll tell you off the air, too. But there's okay. a, that's a part of a bigger story that this unfolding of this is what uh, there's a story that we started when I was a kid that something happened to take me off of the here here allow me this, this is this worth doing yeah looking at the monitor this is what I was doing in high school that's oh, okay. up with people uh-huh, uh, up I put that people. show together I kept doing it we had different sets different places kept doing it wow. uh, I replicated the microphone to be just like Letterman's and the whole bit um, there's all sorts of stories. This was like from my prom. This is what they did. I was drawing pictures like this. Amazing. And like this, this is the desk and chairs we're now sitting at. I drew wow. that in whatever year it says there, the 90s. Um, and then I took an internship and started working. This is my senior year in high school. I went to night school and I'm working at 30 Rock during the day. Oh this my Conan God. back in the day. And, uh, and SNL. Someone remembered me at SNL when we went back. So they put Crazy. us in the front row when we went just as, patri- just as uh, you know, uh, viewers. <laughs> So I Latifah hosted? So I what's that? Is that when Latifah hosted? No, it was uh I don't remember who it was. Okay. I always say to people that's such a good idea of how to get into the business, get an internship like at Thirty Rock like you did. But I bet you now it's really hard. It, it was I would yeah, imagine it, hard then. Imagine. Yeah. For me, I was failing every subject because I was spending all of my time in the television studio doing this, booking right. guests, writing segments, building the set, replicating Dave's microphone perfectly, etc. Yeah. Uh, that I was failing everything that wasn't band, art, public speaking, anything arts. Uh, and the school had a very good reputation. This is Wilton High School in Fairfield County, Connecticut. They don't really care for people who futz around and <laughs> are going to ruin their, their bottom line for, right. for higher education uh, percentages, etc. cetera. Uh, they set up an internship for me junior year at the local TV station. I 
went nuts with that. So the next year I went down to 30 Rock. So junior in high school or junior and senior year, I was not even in school. I was going to night school when I was down there. And you know that world. Like, I don't want to speak for you, but that sounded crazy to me. Yeah. Like, it was possible and (laughs) that it happened. Like, those two things don't, it doesn't happen. But you're in it. I mean, it's the same thing. You're just like talk about it and now you're there yeah that's what exactly what it was and and being there helps me with my manifestations and stuff like that which i'm found out as a kid i was very good at didn't know it mm-hmm. that kind of thing i'll tell you the story off the air there's a documentary being made about it that's a why a lot of stories off it's the, the same story it's I the have... same one it's okay. the same it's one story <laughs> but we started it way back when i was a kid and this is where we've gotten and um you want i uh, to be a writer and to be a a podcaster of your own not just for this stuff and to get her over the hump we said well let's do one together it started with us at a dining room table this is where we've gotten four months later no joke so it's you've only been doing it for four we months? just started doing it yeah Incredible. It february i think we started yeah mm-hmm. great yeah here we are uh, how do you uh get more subscribers and people to your podcast I don't know anything about that part. I don't know anything (laughs) about that part. I focus on this part, and I truly believe that the rest will come. I believe you being here today will probably help us. Uh, Probably. Well, I saw it on Facebook because you... We're putting it out on Facebook every day, and I'm definitely... I know you are, too, and especially with more car people that know your face. Yeah. Um, I'm... And, and one of the reasons I love whatever, I, you know, I'm a fan. Um, but th- the reason why is because there's so much side story of like everyone. There's, mm-hmm. Everyone's collaborating and everyone's coming together. So the show is your thing and it's our thing. But our fans, the people that watch it are mostly car people. So it's like it's going to different groups of people. It's n- We're not trying to make it the biggest show ever. We're not trying to like market. I, I could do car that. people, people listen to it. Yeah, like Porsche. Watching it. Oh, they're watching. The, yeah, sorry, I misspoke. They're watching it too, but they're just curious about us because they met us and they're like, right. "What's your deal?" Kind of like what you said. And I, I am always surprised when people don't know that I have MS. So it's always, to me, I'm like, it's as if I'm wearing a sign. So I'm like, of course, this is what we're doing. He, he's making life that I can do. Like that's it. Right. It's not anything vain there's nothing like i want to be a superstar i don't give a shit i want to write we need to do something sustainable but i wanted to ask you what were the symptoms that led you to going to the doctor that led to your diagnosis i i i had i got a blind spot i I started i had a crazy migraine at work one time Mm -hmm. when i i was a green screen shoot so it was like horrible lighting situational anyway but i had a horrible migraine um, I'd never had one before and I did not know how to deal with it. No one on the set gave a shit at all. Like they were so, so focused on the actor and whatever, which right. they should be. But like as a human, I felt really horrible. Um, so I had this horrible migraine and I told him and I just rested that day, but I woke up and my eye was fuzzy the next day. Which, being a girl, I was like, I wear a lot of mascara, and I probably have an eyelash back there, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I've had glasses on and off since I was 10, so it's like, who cares? Like, your eye's a little weird. Um, but I went to the eye doctor, and he was this old dude, um, and meaning only that, like, he'd seen it all. Like, he's been around forever, and his fear 
of what he saw was right. so jarring to me that wow. I was like, something's up. Like, this isn't a normal eye doctor appointment. Um, I, I ended up, he ended up tra- like being like, you should go see your GP. You need to figure out what this is because it's not an eye thing. Yeah, he was, he didn't know. He didn't know. And he, I mean, similarly, I have a lot of distrust for the medical people that were involved in my world at the time. But as a professional in the eye care business, he did not know. And so his suppositions and and projections, I think, made everything a little more heightened, but whatever. Um, That fear of what he saw made me focus more on fixing it. And Mm -hmm. so I called every doctor and I was like, find a specialist figure this out I'm too busy I thought my job was really important at the time <laughs> I was like I'm really I'm really busy I, I don't have time for this um so you can force anyone to diagnose you so I it took a year of a lot of specialists but they wow. all they found it they I had a spinal tap and whatever and they were like mm. my That's neurologist painful, right it, I don't really feel pain yeah, Which yeah. is what I found out through this process. Wow. But they, wow. you, you went down after that, I though, because you went straight to Miami for a photo shoot with like Serena Williams or something. It's a cover and it of just... Vogue. I had to be there. <laughs> it was horrible. But I just remember the, the messages I was getting from you, and you sounded and looked like death. I mean, that's when I really got worried, because you were so far away, and I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, they're super painful, and I'm apparently – I found out a ton about myself through this process. It's fascinating. So that's why I tend to be a little narcissistic. I apologize. And I happen to believe that that's why she had to go through this process, to learn a ton about herself. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. It just sucks. Um, but I'm one of, like, the 5% that has, like, an adverse reaction to spinal tap, uh-huh. so that did not help anything. Right. You're not supposed to fly, even though I told them before they did anything. I'm like, I have a flight that night. They're like, cool. Um, you're not supposed to do that. So that was not awesome. I took a new business meeting before I got on the flight. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was really an overachiever in every way. They didn't really prepare you well for any of it which is why this whole thing has gotten i think it's why it got really out of control because i had no idea what to look for Mm -hmm. because everything was a problem and so you mentally go "Uh oh i'm dying because you are this this disease is you're just dying quickly in some ways and slowly in others because we're all dying like whatever um but once you acknowledge that and you're like okay i'm not dying because of this thing but what is that thing yeah and that's when I turned to the stuff I we it was a whole thing. It uprooted everything when this diagnosis happened, or when the flare up happened, rather, because the diagnosis I was still like full steam ahead. Um, but that's why the story is like Tina's book is. I was watching it back. Like it's topical, but it's really just stories. It's, Tina Fey. Yeah, Tina's book, and it mirrors yours because yours is topical. In- correct. That is a correct answer. It's just stuff like that. I totally got off track, and I'm sorry. But your book, in similar way, really, by telling those stories and sharing those stories, it allows everyone to go, okay, that's not what's killing me. Keep going. Right, right. It's and also, me to do it. it's always great to write about, oh, uh, look how I did this and look how I did that. But I also, a lot of the stories are, oh, look how I messed up there. Don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make the turn I made. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's yeah, a great lesson. it's a great lesson. And it's like, and I, once I got over my own crap about whatever, my guilt or whatever, um, 
I realized that too. And so then it was like, okay, cool. You've gotten it. You're okay with telling the stories of whatever. How do you do it? And so I, that's what, again, when I went into like, I read Tina's book again and your book again, because I was like, okay, what's the structure look like? And then I was able to kind of mirror with some of your work on Seinfeld and the Gary, oh, Gary Shandling. You only did one episode with him, right, for that show? No, I I worked on staff right after um, I worked on a show called Almost Perfect, and then I went to um, Shandling. I'm having a moment here because I guess I skipped this part of your... Yeah, well, (laughs) I I didn't realize. I didn't know. He's incredibly special to me, and I don't even know... I never knew the... I've met him. I never knew the man, and I feel like I know the man better than I... Yeah, and what's Better than is possible. Kind of... um, serendipitous about life and stuff is that um, I stayed friends with Gary after I wrote on the show. I knew him before as a stand-up because we were both stand-ups, but we stayed friends afterwards. And um, I do, I put together a comedy dinner a couple times a year and it's Bill Maher and Larry David and a guy named Jim Valley, a great writer, and it was Gary and myself, and we meet at either Dantana's or... Was that that picture that you put up, like, uh, probably a few months ago, but there was a bunch of dudes? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So That's cool. we get together. But I wouldn't see Gary all that much, but um, I got married um, a couple years ago to my wife, Lori. And Hi, Lori. <laughs> and um, Gary came to the wedding, and we just had, like, a mind meld that, like... We spoke to him the most of any guest at the wedding, so much so that the wedding planner was like, um, people are waiting to eat. Can you, like, pick it up? And um, and right before we – and I said, oh, okay. And right before we went to, like, be introduced, you know, the big thing, I said to Gary, you know, right then, like, um, you know, I know we don't see each other a lot, but when we do, I feel like we connect so much. He went, I feel the same exact way. And I was mm. like, I'm so glad you're here to share this with us. And then three months later, he passed away. But to have had that moment and that thing of like, boy, I really, you know, you could just go, uh, wedding planners, like, it's time. great talking to you. But that we had that moment before he passed away. It was like, still means so much to me. That's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know you were a staff writer on the show. Yeah. How long were I you there? Actually, I was a co-EP on the show. Oh, well, yeah. you're so Sorry, modest. I'm getting all titly. So modest. You. Yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, I should just flat out say that it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I think it's one of the best, most important TV shows of our generation. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, really seminal show for so many things. And what was great also about Gary is that the people wouldn't know unless you worked at the show. He could look at a scene and like a playwright, like know what was working, know what wasn't working, feel it. and move it around. Yeah, yeah, he was really very intuitive writer that way. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like I said, never met him, but he, I feel that I know him, and I anybody else I've talked to, whether they do know him or don't, seem to share the feel, uh, share the same type of thing. Yeah. And I don't, I can't explain what it is, but if you've ever locked eyes with the man, it's like you know him. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Very soulful. Soulful, I mean deep, and I'm deep. I'm deep now, you know. So it's one of those where I, you know, I thought it was neat then, and now I appreciate it and wish I could have it again, you know, that kind of thing. But something I learned from Judd's documentary that I didn't know, being friends with Gary, that I would have loved to ask him about, 
So I knew he had that car accident, but I didn't know that when he had that car accident many years ago that he talks about having left his body yeah. and seeing himself and asking if he wanted to. I think that was the story of this. Do you want to keep living the keep Gary Shanding life? Yeah. yeah. So and you and I've, heard, I've heard I that story about 10 different about times. Really? Um, that's when I feel that my bond with, I mean, we're getting heady now, but that's when I feel that my bond with the recently departed, he died right when we were in the middle of this whole thing. Really? And the day he di- she called me to let me know and I pulled over and I just started sobbing uncontrollably. I, I mean, I did not know him. He did not know me. We'd met. <laughs> I've seen him. Yeah. Um, I was sobbing, totally affected, completely affected. And from that day forward, it's it, it almost was like a thing where I just felt like I had a path now and I knew where I was going now. And, and everything sort of made sense, even though I didn't necessarily know why. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's no way to... Um, and I'm not saying I'm Gary Shandling reincarnate. I'm nothing like that. But I'm saying that that guy gave everyone he touched a gift. And maybe I got a piece of it. And if so, I am so grateful. Yeah. How great. Does that work? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I can't believe you didn't know that. I, did he not talk about stuff like that? I just never, it just never came up in our conversations being friends. So I would have liked to have asked him more about that because it's a pretty wild story yeah and um he got a great uh feeling of understanding after that as i as i have taken on yeah yeah it's almost like maybe you know that you don't that there's that that it doesn't matter or something there's something Mm -hmm. something else there's some sort of knowing that comes along with it yeah yeah i've had i've i've had experiences that are not the same but they're near deathy so I understand what he says, um, but that when he died, it was I was gone. I was, in fairness, I really thought I was dying too, and so I was taking a last trip back to uh, see my uncle. I didn't. I don't really talk to my family, but um, he was the one I was talking to at the time, and I was like, I'll fly out. Like he flies to like Alabama every week for work. Or something. You do now. There was a, there was a time there was a little yeah 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 now you then, do. but um. When Gary died, I was like, I wasn't with you, and I didn't. It was the weirdest feeling. It was just bizarre because, like, we were on a layover, and I was like, please pull over. I don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. Like, please don't be driving when I talk to you or tell you this. It was very weird. So bizarre when I heard I was on my way, I was in New York on my way to meet Alan Swibel for a oh. drink, who's a friend no who way. created It's Gary Shandling Show. You know, everybody awesome. I know a lot of people. <laughs> so you've been working, like you said, you've been doing it a long time. I've been doing it a long time. But I'm also a very big proponent, one of the things that I talk about in my book. Which one? There it is. <laughs> that to be in this business, you need, you not only need to be a social person, you should be a social person because that's how things happen. When you meet people and meet, talk to people and get to know people. Synapse. Yeah, other opportunities, things happen. So, like I said, going over to Robert Morrison Gelson supermarket. It's hilarious. Isn't I, it the best though? Yeah, I, you know, I've been shot down, or you know, I don't. It's rare that you get the person that's snotty or whatever, and and I'm fine with. By it. the way, then you know you don't have to do it again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I you got your answer right. But it's so worth it because so many great things have happened from being social. 
Just putting yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. Some or, of your stories in there are like that, and they're so much fun. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I went to a, a Bill Maher a real-time rap party. It was a few years ago. Marley Matlin was there, who um, was on my episode of Seinfeld, The Lip Reader. Oh, God. That's a great episode. <laughs> it's a great episode. <laughs> thank you. She was there with uh, Jack Jason, her friend, who also acts as her interpreter. And we're... Uh, bullshitting at the party and having a great time and at the end it's like we should do something together and then i sold the pilot to showtime that was starring marley it didn't go still but yeah exactly wow that's a really that's a cool i like marley that. i worked She's with her on the practice years ago i like her a lot with the same fella yeah yeah jack yeah, yeah they're great yeah good people agreed You've had a ton of experiences, obviously, but like, is there any that stick out of like, that was like a seminal moment of awesome, cool that mm. I don't want to ever forget? Um, I'd like to hear a list of those moments I if know. possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than one of them. Um, just this past Oscars, I wrote on this past Oscars with Jimmy hosting and, um, it's very cool because the presenters, the celebrities come in to rehearse their spiel. And if you write for the show, part like I did, you're in the room where they go over their stuff and and all that. And so whoever wrote that stuff meets with the celebrity. So my friend, Dave Boone, who's a great comedy writer, had written Lin-Manuel Miranda's stuff. So I just said to him, especially because our son, who's 12, is like so crazy for Hamilton. Mm. It's like, I've got, I've got to meet Lynn, you know, Lynn. And he was like, absolutely, when I'm, you know, working with him, come over. And I just kind of like, and he was like, oh, Carol, leave her. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, I've been following you for so long stand up and think and i was like wow. absolutely blown away and that he was why yeah why yeah. were you blown away uh, I because it. some people you had a moment yeah right? we had a moment yeah. and some people know me a lot of people don't know me so for a guy like that to not only know me but like oh i've been following this and they it just like may i said you made my year like this isn't just today you, you know that's, that's so it for cool. the year and then to show the picture to our son, you know. Of, uh, Did he go crazy? He went crazy. Yeah, he went <sighs> crazy. Coolest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still, you know, and I'm still starstruck when I meet people. I always think, like, don't ever lose that part of yourself. Ooh, I like That's that. good yeah, piece of advice. Like the pinch me part of yourself. I'm still like, you know, I just work with Carol Burnett. I mean, oh, God. talk about a pinch me. Legend. Yeah. I just watched a bit of that this morning. Was that the most... Pause. You're nominated for a bunch of Emmys, right? Like I'm, three? Oh. No, I'm not nominated. Um, I think what you saw on my Facebook page was now is the time that the nominations, people can put in their vote for to be nominated. Oh, on yeah. That ballot. So it's early, yeah. but FYI. yeah, I wrote on the Oscars. So Carol it's the Burnett. submissions phase right now. Yes. Okay. Um, Oscars, Carol Burnett, and Better, Better Late Than Never. Yeah. Right. NBC show. Can, yeah. we, can we talk about the Carol Burnett uh, Netflix yeah. show a little bit? I, I only have seen one episode, but I love it. It reminds me of Kids Say the Darndest Things way back in the old days. Yes, yes. Um, but the content is completely different. It's far more interactive. Have you seen it at all yet? One episode. Okay. <laughs> 
We did our research. Yeah, I remember you said nice things about it, too. Well, I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan of Carol's as well from way back when I used to be too old to stay up to watch the Carol Burnett show, yeah. of course, and the whole thing. Right. Um, and, I mean, I remember, you know, the, the, the cartoon at the end was her sweeping, you know, the cartoon of Carol Burnett sweeping the place out and the whole yes. thing. <laughs> this is like, you know, before I would watch the, uh, you know, probably stayed up after the Muppet show or something. So I was always a fan of hers. And then throughout the, her movie career and everything else, I loved that I'm a theater geek too, so I love that movie uh, "Noises Off" uh-huh. that she was in with an all-star cast. Yeah, um, and then and and then this show, I'm like, this is perfect for her. I don't know the story about it. Did she create it? Did you create it? Who created it? Why did it happen? This is the perfect place for Carol Burnett today, in my opinion. Yeah. Talking to kids and educating America. Right, this is going right. to keep happening. Well, we just did the first season of it. I don't know whose idea it is. They just brought me on when they already had the concept and everything. But Carol loves kids. Okay. And she's good with kids. Very. Um, the people they bring in are pretty good too. The yeah. celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they had they got great celebrities, and it's of course no surprise because everybody's like uh, to work Carol, with Carol Burnett. Burnett. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll hold cue cards for Carol Burnett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So people were just like blown away. Um, but she's, um, you know, to meet someone like that, and then to work with her, and then. You know, there's always that moment where, like, oh, if you guys this summer go up to around Santa Barbara, you know, give me a call. Me, you know, and my husband will meet you for dinner. And it's like, okay, I can actually, yeah, it, we can sure. call it quits now. <laughs> right? Like, you yeah. did it. Yeah. You did it. You've been doing it, but then you did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite Larry Sanders show episodes is the one with Carol Burnett. Oh. And they're doing it. They're trying to do a comedy piece together with Tarzan or something. And I can't remember why it doesn't work. But oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, one. It's a, were it's you there? A, for very that early night? on. Very, I think it was a very early, like season one even. But it was, it was great. Just, just watching her do physical comedy and just watching her with other people. You know what it is? There's not enough Carol Burnett for me. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I need to see mm-hmm. more Carol Burnett. So I'm just happy that she's here. Absolutely. That may be it. And to know her and interact with her, she's still so appreciative of mm. everything and every opportunity and a awesome. total pro and on time and you know nice to everyone from you know the lowest person on the set to the biggest executive the same treatment just a class act isn't that that's something that, seem, that people seem to have in common with like the great ones jackie mm-hmm. gleason apparently mm-hmm. had something similar to that where i had always heard these stories when i was a kid that he was like whatever there were some negatives uh, and then I talked to somebody who I can't remember, but their dad worked on something at the Ed Sullivan Theater. By the way, the Jackie Gleason show and the Honeymooners used to be done in the Ed Sullivan Theater. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I Most didn't people know that. don't. Wow. My dad used to, growing up in Connecticut, he was like me, and he, uh, his best friend lived across the street. Uh, Mom was the secretary to someone at secretary back then. Secretary is not a yeah, toy. Yeah. <laughs> to someone at CBS, and they used to go to tapings all the time. So he would go see Jackie Glee, and I'd hear all these stories that I didn't give a shit about because they weren't anything I knew about. And then one day, David Letterman's moving to the Ed Sullivan Theater. I'm like, can you tell me those stories again? <laughs> anyway, crazy. all of that to get to Carol Burnett, Jackie Glee, these people who are just like known as just being so good. There seems to be a lot of um, similarities in their appreciation, their gratefulness, how kind they are to other people. Yeah. They're not just out to, they're, they're not number one because they're out looking out for number one. They're here to boost up Carol Liefer and to boost up Nicole and uh, somehow they get it in as well yeah no there's I don't know what I'm saying I'm blathering now but no I mean what you're saying is the pros are the pros for a reason because they have an innate goodness and innate love of the business yeah and and people too though yeah absolutely they're serving the people in a weird way I mean Carol Burnett 
Phoebe used to write her letters. Uh, we did this show that was a special, the 50th anniversary of mm-hmm. Carol Burnett show. Well, you guys did the set and everything again yeah. with all that stuff. We so did cool. a segment. Jim Carrey wrote a letter to Carol Burnett when, when he, was he was a kid growing <sighs> up saying, I really admire you and I'd love to. And she answered his letter. Come I mean, on. she answered every letter that Isn't was sent. Wow. Yeah. Every single one. If you wrote her a letter now, she'd answer it. She's just that type of person. I gave her my book. I, I hope so. <laughs> and she was like, two days later, Carol, I read your book and I love it. <gasps> and quote certain things. She was intrigued because I, I write about doing TM. Oh. Dental meditation. I do that and she also. was interested in that. So, did you talk about it when you guys did the show? Does she do it now? I gave her the name of my teacher. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. So That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you realize the parallel here, but that's exactly what happened with Mrs. Ryan here. She paid a little tribute to you, and you said, oh, my goodness, well, I will watch that episode. I would like to know when I'm going to be on, and you're sitting here now yes, a few weeks later. Yes, that's right. So that's right. I would like you to get some of that credit as well. And what I almost wrote you, which I didn't want to be a total loser, but like you are a pro too. So everything you said just now, I'm like, stop talking about yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the most perfunctory, on-time, perfect Pro, and I'm really appreciative oh, having worked you. with a lot of people as you have, and like you can tell the difference. Bet and... you a lot of guests show up late. <laughs> oh. Betcha. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it's it, it says something about. I understand now on the uh, having been through that part of it. It's a it's a it's a rigmarole and it's a grind, and I don't think people anticipate that when they get involved in show business. So it's like. Stories like, I mean, there's a ton that you have. Like the 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 rule of ten is that your is that the rule you, of ten is that something Leno? I got from Jay Leno. Yes, exactly. Ooh. Yeah, rule He's, of ten. Oh, rule of ten is, uh, you know, I've known Jay for a really long time, and I I feel badly that he's gotten a bad rap of being a yeah. conniver and. Uh. He's, blah, blah, he's blah. just a hard worker. He's a good guy. Yeah, and agreed. We both love him. When I've worked with him, he's the nicest people, nicest person to fans I've ever seen. Picture, autograph, now it's selfies and stuff. Anything. He'll take you for a ride needs. if you want to go. I he, mean, he's that he kind would, of guy, for real. Would. But his philosophy, which is true, is if you're nice to one person, they're going to go back and tell 10 other people. You know mm. who I met today who was really nice? Jay wow. Leno. And it kind of grows. It's like that old, was it Wella Balsam? Like, and so on, and so on. Grassroots, proper. Yeah. And and that's why it's important because the converse works too. When you're shitty to people, a word gets out. And then people don't want to work with you because they've heard from that person and that person and that person. It's really a very small town. But it's not just show business. It's any Everything. Small world, yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I extracted from the entertainment... I've been rebuilding my brain, and uh, I sound—I feel like I sound like Whitney Cummings. So I hope she'll come on too. But um, in that process, you really—you get to make the choice every minute of like, are you being a good person? Are you doing the right thing? Yeah. And it's not about my my mom is oh she's one of those people that's like I want to do the right thing, and I'm like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But on paper, the right thing versus what feels right in the moment are right. very different. Yes. And so if you're just following the rules of what's right, it's uh-huh. not always beneficial to whoever you're trying to be right to. Yeah. Um, that's a super hard lesson it seems for people to 
acknowledge in themselves. Yeah, and in a certain way, I think being a lot older than you, you know, what I also tell people is like, be a little old school in, in getting into show business with things. Like in terms of, if you have a meeting with someone or you have a job interview, I'm such a proponent I talk about in my book, you know, write a note on nice stationery, it's, you know, to that person and say, thank you for meeting with me, even if it doesn't mean anything. I appreciate your time and uh, best of luck with whatever you do. You know, a lot of younger people, I'm kind of alarmed at they don't have the etiquette that you need to get ahead and be successful. I mean, I was in New York last month and I'm working with a new booking agent who I worked with a million years ago. And I went up to his office to meet him. It was a guy around my age. And he's like, oh, and here are my, you know, young associates. And he's mm -hmm. got two people who work with him now. And you know what? They did not even get up from their computers yeah, to wait. say hello. And I wanted to say to him later, like, I'm glad you have, like, some young energy in your office. Ugh. But tell them to get up from their fucking computer the next time somebody yeah, comes. Just they look. need somebody. Yeah. It's not like, hi. No, you get up and you shake hands. And it's what we're teaching our son now is 12. And you look people in the eye. Yeah. And... You know, that's how... Make the connection. Yeah, because it can also flip. You know, I talk about what we were talking about, being late for an interview. If I, you know, I've been on both sides. I go up for jobs and people come to me for jobs. If somebody's late, they're out. It's like, I don't care what was going on or what problem you had. It doesn't matter. Like, you were late. So X, Y, and Z who weren't late, that's who I'm choosing from. Yeah. Not you who was late. Yeah. I feel like it all comes down to like, do what you really want to do. And if you don't really want to talk to that person, don't waste their time sending them yep. a letter. Because that's the, and, and I feel like that's what happened to me a lot on my side of the business was like, people just wanted a, a thank you or a phone call or whatever. And it's like, but why? What are you going to say? They're like, I just need it for five minutes. I'm like, me too. Right. I actually have shit to do yeah. with that five minutes. Like, what do you want five minutes for? Because then I would get on the phone well, you uh, pre-interviews and shit for like talk shows. It's like if you don't have a good segment producer and they're pulling from like what you do this week. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're wasting all of our time, right? Uh, and also, you know, I think what you're talking about too is I like, and this I think was in Bernie Bernstein's book. You know, being straight with people. Mm -hmm. There's it's instead of like not returning phone calls, mm. it takes two seconds to go. What I got your submission. And it wasn't exactly what we're looking for. But thanks. And then it's over as opposed to... Over. Yeah. Oh, I got to dodge this guy's call every time. Right. It's Bernie bad was behavior. Uh, it's horrible behavior. I call it and being Bernie, square with the world. Bernie mm -hmm. was like mm -hmm. such a good... I, I, my memory of him, I worked with him briefly. Like he had Marty Short. My boss ripped Marty Short and a couple other people. But like... I remember being brand new and a talk show was happening and they're like, get Marty's address, like figure out where he's going to be. And I literally called Bernie Brillstein's office, like an arrogant 22 year old that I was and was like, I need to talk to Bernie and his assistant. He called me back, like his assistant gave him the message. And Amazing. I was like, hi, where's Marty going to be on Wednesday at three? Like not <laughs> understanding <laughs> anything. <laughs> And Make that, sure you get Bernie himself on the phone. Yeah. It, not as this hasn't been there for 20 years. Like, this guy, like, bought her house, was like, don't go anywhere. Um, anyway, this generous human whose book I'd read and taught me everything I knew to get, to get even my foot in the door. 
um, was so gracious with his time. And I've never forgotten that. And now that he's passed, it's like I know a ton of managers and a ton of publicists, a ton of whatever. It was my old life. No one's like him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so I want everyone to read that book and just go, can I be anything like that? Mm -hmm. Can I do anything? And you embody that. And it sounds like the people that you work with do, too. And like I could talk to you for hours. and I won't. But um, that story that that I told on that show, like the understudy story of like that all of there, there's just love that goes in every piece of that story of like none of it should have happened. It should have, if you're just on paper being like, is it worth whatever? No, write another episode, like do another. But like, you guys all made that happen. And it's a terrific episode. Oh, you're talking about the understudy, the understudy with Marge Gross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Who was, has passed away. Yeah. But that Bette Midler did the, you know, there, it's hard to think of a time when Seinfeld was struggling to get guest stars, but there <laughs> was. And when... Marge and I wrote the understudy. We needed a big star to play the star of a Broadway show. We couldn't get a lot of people and got a lot of passes. And then Bette Midler, who knew Marge from her cabaret days, was wow. like, and heard that she was struggling with cancer, was like, I'm there. I'm doing it. I'll do it. It and just feels like a Bernie like sentiment of yes. like, just do their, do what feels right. Right. And that's right. the answer. And yeah. So and much of that comes through your stories, and I love, love having that. That's a Bernie a, thing? Do what feels right? That was I, his. I don't know if he said it, but he acted. He embodied that in his actions. Well, it's what I believe, too, and I've, everyone I respect believes as well. So. Yeah. I feel like he embodied that. I, I, Follow I, your heart. I'll just say that you do, and from what I know, and like there, there's a lot of people in this business who don't, and so the ones that really embody that, and stay true to it because it's hard, because people are dumb, and they ask stupid questions. And they're like not always as funny as you want them to be. And so mm -hmm. moments are just. Uh... But also, you know, I also hold people accountable. Like I call a lot of people, agents who, I, who don't call me back. I'll keep calling mm -hmm. and I'll say to the assistant, absolutely. absolutely. I called two days ago. Do you think he has an answer yet or will he get back to me? I don't just let it go like. Oh, yeah, I got the brush off, so I'm going away. Like, I'm not going away. Is that the rule? Should you just persistence? I think so, absolutely. If you call somebody and um, they don't call you back, I mean, if you're cold calling, you know, it's George different. Clooney, I get it. Just the person. <laughs> but if you're someone in the business and you're calling an agent, like I'm calling about an actress right now, you know, for their availability um, for a project, yeah, you can, if they don't call, I just don't go away. I'm like, say to the assistant, well, I just would love some kind of answer, even if it's no or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm not rude about it. I just feel like. a matter like, of fact. Yeah, yeah. This is, a, this is just a transaction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Respect. It's respect. I just, again, and whatever. Like, not everyone's like that. So it's like a, a, a salute. And, like, I want to give you a balloon every time you do something. <laughs> it's so rare. I'm so grateful. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if you had a Letterman story because we never really wrapped up. It was Catch a Rising Star. But what was the – how did – He saw me at the comic strip. Oh, that's right. Okay. Right. I didn't um, know that he was in the audience. Okay. But he – What year was this? Uh, 80. Okay. So you were right, 80 as yeah. well. Yeah. And um, then recommended me to The Tonight Show. Uh, so a guy named Jim McCauley, who was a, a famous big booker, yeah, of course. player at the time, yeah. 
call me as Jared Letterman saw you and said you're good and blah blah blah. Well, they didn't use me, but when Letterman got his own show, I just got booked right away. So, no kidding. Yeah. So it was. Wow. Like, was that the morning show then, or what no? The, the, so I, the late it was night. Was on late night. Is that so cool. uh, sorry? I'm oh, my gonna, first so, appearance is uh, I put it up on YouTube. Um, I mean, on Facebook recently, because somebody did a first appearance. Yeah, appearance. Yeah, yeah, we so watch good. all that stuff on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's better April than regular 1st, television. 1982. Yes, I got wild. the date right. Yeah. Gosh, that's, that was right after the show started. Yeah. Wow. There's an effervescence just uh, that reminded me of Gilda Radner. I don't know if anyone's ever said that to you, but like that blue jumper that oh, got yeah. set, like <laughs> it was just Gilda, like insides. It was really cool. Thank you. It was a really great night. One of the best nights of my life yeah I would have you, well network television yeah you're in that and, you're in 30 rock for one which yeah, is electric right. right and to do the show and have it go well and yeah is that the night that i jerry gave you that great advice of- no that was the night that we were taping my pilot a writer ready for the wb and i was all keyed up sitcom that i wrote and starred in and uh, short-lived, obviously, but... Uh, My friends all, love it. Oh, they love sweet. it. Oh, like, thanks. Yeah. And I was really keyed up, and Jerry said to me, you know, there's not just one thing. And I like that piece of advice, because you can get so keyed up... On the one thing? Yeah. This, to zoom out, this right? This is it. It's like, no, your career is 60 things, or 100 God, things. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you a, have to. Yeah. It's the same as zoom out, right? I say zoom out, like you're too zoomed in on whatever the problem is. Is that the same kind of it, ideology? It sounds similar. And then the other theme that I notice is like, have fun. Like, find a way to have fun with yes. whatever you're doing. Enjoy it because that uh, the advice is strong from everyone that, that, from you that you put in your book. But like in general, it kind of oozes that you're giving it to other people. And that's what I want to take away from it. It's mm-hmm. like. I mean, the other big thing that I always like to say when I talk about my book, because I always feel like, you know, a big piece of advice my mother gave me when I was growing up was, you don't ask, you don't get. Mm. Okay? And at first glance, it can seem like a little grabby or selfish. It's so not that. I think the advice was always, you need to be the architect of your own success. Mm, and that means creator. being involved mm-hmm. and asking for things. And I also think women have a certain advantage this way because we're more used to asking for things from mm, people or favors. It's, I think, more second nature, certainly for me. Mm. But to ask someone, you know, when I wrote A Modern Family, I saw Steve Levitan, the co-creator, around at some Emmy parties, and just took him aside and said, I have some modern family ideas. Would you consider my coming in and pitching some stories? Consider is a great word. Instead of, can I come in and pitch mm-hmm. them? You know, ah. Puts it on them. Right. Then they feel they yeah. have a choice. And We I'm all not know a- Carol's not going away. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I'm also not afraid to know. I mean, he could have turned around and said, I got a staff of full-time people. Thank you, but I'm, I can't do it. No, no harm, no foul. Great. Yeah. Thank you for your time. But so many times the answer is, sure, yeah, come on in. And that led to... And you to, never would have known. Right, right. Hmm. Because things don't fall in your lap, especially in show business. I love people who think, oh, I'm going to take a stand-up comedy class, and then I'm going to wait at home, and the yeah, wait for it to happen. pouring in. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't happen that way. You have to make stuff happen. You're, you're the person that is grind, you know, making that happen. And is that true now more than in anything you've written about? 
previous, like any other time, or is it similar? Just it's always. Your... I mean, I don't stop. It's like a shark. You know, you got to keep swimming or you'll yeah. die. Mm. It's like that. you always just keep moving, and I'm always, like I said, if you, it, it's like the it's the Zen secret to me of show business or success. If you're not afraid of no. You can ask for anything, and if you do it in a nice way that's not that doesn't put people on edge or make them feel pressured, if you're not afraid of no, you can really go far because you're always going to be creating these opportunities. Don't be it's afraid in no. general yeah. of no's or anything yeah, else. right. I was. I mean, my whole uh, half of my life. Mm-hmm. Terrified. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter why. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got an upbringing or whatever. Just get over it. Once and you can, is- get over it. Is the majority of the response, but if is that right? I think so. Yeah, you can't yeah. get a yes to everything. No, if it, but if you let it roll off your back, you just keep doing it. But so much of fear controls people about. Well, I don't want to do this because maybe they'll say no. So maybe they will. Did you, you always? Move on. Were you always uh, able to have that outlook, or did you ever have a problem with the fear and worrying about? I think as I've gotten far? older, I've gotten more bold yeah. about those kind of things. That makes sense. Yeah, that's why. In my book, I wanted to, like, that's exactly an example of, I wish I was bolder when I was younger. Yeah. So I'm trying to impart that to people, like, to be bold, because there's no downside. Mm-hmm. I see that now. It's safe to be fearful. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know. Isn't I, that weird? It's safe to be fearful. Yeah. Ironic. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's safe to be afraid. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember and that. And then one day you that. realize you got nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. I guess so. Right. Maybe. <laughs> the point is that you live in a way that you don't have anything to be afraid of, and then it goes away. I'm I'm conscious of your time. Can yeah. I can I get personal just for a second about sure. uh, 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 your life and your marriage? Yeah. Um, what stuck out to me is this is a story that is very close to me because the only relatives I really have, the only ones I have a close relationship with, are my aunts. Uh-huh. When I say my aunts, plural. Okay. Uh, my aunt Barb and her wife Aunt Kelly. Um, my Aunt Barb was married a couple times in life. Nothing ever made sense. She was very happy. She's always been successful. She's a wonderful person. Yeah. She's the family member that, like, when shit goes down, that's the one that you would call, you know. Um, one day, she went on a cruise and met a girl. She was still married. And this is, I don't know, 10, 15 years later. They're married. Right. And her life makes sense now. Uh-huh. When I read a little bit about your story, it almost sounded similar in that, well, you were living your life. It's not like right. you were living this big lie this whole no, time. No, no. I was married and, you know, and for the story of that, why don't you check out my phone? <laughs> oh, there God. we go. Oh, God. Yes. Where <laughs> I talk odd. at length about that. Well, you know, I, I call myself a late break-in Les mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I didn't realize I was gay until later in life, you yeah. know. Um, and it happens. I mean, it just happens. I um, was dying to have an affair. I thought it would be an affair with a woman. You know, I met um, the so, to, Just so you would know, to know what that felt like, that kind I of thing? Is that where like, you were dying? This seems interesting to me now. Okay. I want to, yeah. I Something's wanna... going on. <laughs> yeah. Something's percolating. Right. And I met this woman, Lori, at this Project Angel Food event. You know, sat across from her. She's gorgeous. And I thought, oh, this is the, the yeah, this is who I'm going to have my, you know, chic affair with. <laughs> and, like, we totally, you know, just just like fireworks, we fell in love. And now this is 
22 years later and you know we got married two years ago oh wow yeah i didn't know i don't uh, i didn't realize that mm-hmm. I didn't when know you the said the duration was... of time yeah that's I mean, fantastic 22 years is a long time yeah yeah <laughs> that's it's great i know but you know and i'm sure how long have you guys been together uh eight eight mm-hmm. is a chunk of time yeah you married know, when you... five almost and married five. Yeah. When you start to, you know, with uh, Harry and Meghan Markle getting married, and they were like, mm. oh, my God, we were together when we saw the sad news that Princess Diana had died mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When You, you start guys were to together. Share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Whoa. moving into college, and wow. I've never forgotten that day. It was all over the news that yeah. morning. Yeah. And some people were like, did not care. And I was mm. and I was heartbroken oh. over how it happened. Yes, yes. And then and there was that moment of like maybe she's she yeah. went to the hospital and maybe yeah, we she's weren't sure. living. Yeah, oh, it mm. was horrible. Yeah, but so yeah, that, that time that that does happen, and it wasn't and exactly what you said. There are people like oh you were hiding. Like, I wasn't hiding anything. It just kind of like bam. Right. You know? Yeah. That's exactly what it was. All yeah. right. Well, your story just means so much to me. And I should mention also that yes. today is their anniversary, Barb and Kelly. So you oh, happen to be here sorry. for that. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We love you. Love you. <laughs> Truly. on the Olivia cruise. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Is that a... That's okay. Did yeah. you do stand-up on a cruise ever? Yes. I yeah, you did, lot. right? Yeah. A lot. Yeah, I have a special that was on a cruise. Is it available to be seen? I don't know. Is it might be on the internet? Available from 1989. <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, comedy career special. Was that fun? It was, because it got to take a whole week of a cruise. i two shows. Yeah, I like yeah. I like cruises. I don't know why. Oh. Not everyone does. I th- I'm a big fan. Yeah, I like them. All right, uh, the Letterman stuff. Favorite Letterman appearance or for any any kind of Letterman anything that you could tie in, and then we'll let you out of here. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I did the show, the NBC show, 25 times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, and every time. That show was magical for me. I mean, it it's what formed me as a really human. the greatest show ever. Um, and what I think about a lot is, you know, every performer has their own. I get very keyed up before I perform. I mean, look, I go out, relax, but I get very keyed up, can't eat, you know, that kind of stuff. But I would go out and do my thing. And then when I would go over and I would shake Dave's and he would shake my hand, my hands were freezing from whatever thing that is in your body. That Plus that studio was always cold. Yeah, and but he would shake my hand and go every time, like, your hands are fucking freezing. <laughs> <laughs> up with that, you know? And we'd laugh and everything. But every time he would comment on how cold my that's hands so were. That's so funny. Hilarious. And that's probably what other people always wonder. What, what, is, what is Dave yeah, whispering yeah, to someone's ear? Johnny in the old days. What is right. he whispering? Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Carol Liefer, I, love that. I can't thank, thank you, you enough Ryan's. for being here. Thank you. It really, it means really the world to us. It. it was really fun. Thank you. Take the show element out uh, from a, a soul uh I don't know, from a soul side of this whole thing. It really, uh, it means a lot to the Ryans. Well, I, you know, honestly, I watched your show and I was so touched and liked you guys from seeing you on the show. I think you have a really, obviously great chemistry being married and a really 
is entertaining, interesting show, and I was like, I want to go on there. So glad. You're amazing. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you so much, Carol Lever. We Thank love you. you. We love you. Big fan. Love you back, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ryan. I love you. We love all of you out there. Love Let's you. see. What do we got tomorrow? Richard's Who's here? Richard's going to be here tomorrow. Oh, Richard Chasler is here tomorrow. Next week, we've got uh, John Benton, Kevin Couch, and maybe Mark Summers. We'll see. His Double Dare starts next week, too. Yeah. Wow. Same thing as you. We right. did a whole thing, mentioned it, and he jumped in Look on Facebook. Where is this? They're nice. shooting double oh, there at Radford right. around the corner. Fantastic. We love everybody. We'll yeah. see you tomorrow. Okay. Holy cow. Ugh. Where are you off to? In I'm your actually fancy going dress. 